0: So welcome back Africa Unveiled guests and I say welcome back because it has been a while but in that time we've really been kind of changing up strategy and trying to include more voices on this podcast and so in the past it's just been me talking and I'm sure you guys have loved to hear me talk but we wanted to put in more diverse voices more unique perspectives and so each episode in the future we'll be bringing in a guest to discuss something about the continent. And these guests will be other young people that are actually passionate about Africa and are doing things in Africa. And hopefully that will give you guys ideas, inspire you to continue to think about change and actually go and make change. So without further ado, today we have Eloa who is actually a friend of mine now. We connected during the COVID pandemic. So, you know, note from that is that you can, make connections and make friends virtually and keep networking and keep reaching out to people that share your interests and passions. Um, But he has a great insight, great perspective, has done some really cool stuff. So without further ado, do you wanna introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're up to?
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, So yeah, my name's Elua. I'm, I'm from East Africa, country called Burundi. And I've been in the US since 2005. I'm currently a student at Bowley University and I'm finishing up my degree uh, this spring in biochem. And uh, I guess just a little bit about what I'm doing on the continent. Um, I've been running a nonprofit since my senior year at high school that's kind of focused on sustainable development um, through uh, different initiatives in education and technology. And we've worked in a couple places throughout um, Eastern and Southern Africa to date and I'm also interested in in tech, uh, trying to see what I can do, uh, creating some some jobs and opportunities through uh, different tech opportunities as well.
0: For sure, yeah, that's great. That's great. And again, I'm so excited that there are other young people that are actually doing stuff for the continent. And so today's topic is sustainable development, right? So there's the sustainable side of things, and there's the development side of things, and. This is something I'm particularly passionate about and have been doing research on since high school. You know, how can we not only develop Africa in the short term, right? Just pumping in a ton of money and making it look good for the next year, two years, but how can we continue to kind of put those roots in that will make Africa grow into what it really has the potential to be? And so, Elo, I guess my first question for you and kind of what we'll discuss first is, what does sustainable development mean? Just because there's been so many definitions, and it's not even agreed upon in the academic space. So, for you, what does that term mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, I think all of this stemmed from, um, I guess, like just a whole culmination of spending time on the continent and then coming stateside. When I was younger, uh, I saw a lot of just stark differences between um, the two the two continents and I remember the thing that like influenced me the most to start the NGO when I was in high school was the the whole notion of like people in the West, just like U.S. and Europe, the outlook like they have on Africa, and just learning about the different things and just like experiencing different things, um, happening with just the quality of life and the everyday everything. I just really, I, it really rubbed me the wrong way that there was just a narrative that. Africa was always going to be this just um poor continent and all these different type of things and Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of opportunity to kind of get rid of this narrative but at the same time create something different and the sustainable development to me is just having having systems that um that govern each other um and 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 having a reliable a reliable just um ecosystem, I should, I, 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 that's, that's probably the best word to, to describe it. And it looked, for me personally, it looked to having good education and good health.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think one thing that really resonated with me on what you just said was having systems, right? Systems allow you to have a repeated cycle of progress and development. Whereas, yeah, these like developmental projects are often good and some of them end up not being as good for the long term, even though it looks good in the short term but actually having systems where these things can be relied upon for years to come to actually deliver progress to the continent. And so one thing about these systems is there has to be a sustainable mindset to sustaining these systems, right? The same politicians won't be in power forever. The same business leaders won't be in power forever the same people in healthcare won't be in power forever. And so we also have to be instilling that sustainable development mindset in every generation. So when it's their turn, they'll have that focus in mind. And so I'm curious to you, like kind of from your work, like what allowed you to have that mindset? And then how would you try and instill that mindset in other people, maybe even our peers? So we're committed to development as we continue to progress in our careers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, I think for me, it all just started with the change when I was younger. So whenever we, um, I, I was born in Lusaka in, in, in the, the capital city of Zambia. And growing up there, going to primary school and different things, you would like see the UNICEFs and the UNs coming in and um, doing work in particular. But I I would see kind of, there was just a, a reliability on said products to come in and provide. And there wasn't really much of um, cause behind it. Cause similar to how you just said, like it's good to like come in and like help people. But whenever um I don't know if you've read a book called Dead Aid.
0: I have not, no.
1: Um it's by a Zombian professor and she pretty much put all of that that in, in 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 um in in a in a pretty like blanket statement of just how rely the the reliability on the aid doesn't create the sustainability and like mm-hmm. how their countries are going into cycles of just basically receiving the aid not putting in turn not putting down systems and then having to go back and get more aid and it's just like the constant um cycle of that and that's what i was just so dumbfounded or i was just obsessed with just creating something that didn't need a, a constant just uh, repetitiveness from just asking asking for money from from um, Western powers and just creating creating an, a sustainable environment and the biggest thing that I believe in is the education and and healthcare aspect of it is I feel like if a society or a community has strong schools and strong healthcare systems everything else outside of that will pretty much take care of itself because there's no point in having a big time company with a really, really uh, rich CEO if he can't even go get uh, malaria treatment in his own country, you get what I'm saying? So those are like the two basic building blocks of just having something that is sustainable and having something that that grows. And I've tried my hardest to work in those two spaces and just have some early, impact on on changing the tide and and creating things that that will will improve those numbers
0: for sure i think you made a lot of great points there and you know i'm still kind of caught up on this idea of aid before we go into your specific experiences but you know on the one end there's this tension where giving money is a good thing right you know people who have more resources giving money to the lesser fortunate But then it seems like it does create this reliability negative feedback loop where okay countries expect aid and therefore don't really work towards developing structures that need to be available to sustain progress sustain development so i guess like what is the mechanism to make this aid actually helpful in the long term right like is it give less money is it make more stringent policies on how the money is used when you give the money like What is the mechanism in your opinion that would actually make that aid progress for these countries?
1: Yeah, so I've been actually thinking about this a lot and um, I think I wanna continue pursuing this question because I have kind of like a a deep question about basically um, how policy can influence culture and because pretty much culture is how, how things happen on, on a day-to-day basis within like the population. So with back to like the government and, and receiving all of this money, I think there's, there, there's a huge, the, the biggest mechanism to use is just for the governments to create policies with this money. And like literally one and two are tied, one A or one B have education. And, and healthcare being the, the most stringent things that they're focused on yeah. with this money and just creating systems through that because it's very hard to say like, oh, can the government go make more millionaires or can he, no. can they go do this? That's the, those are very like pseudo, pseudo terms that you really don't have tangent things that the government can do. All they can pass is kind of, you know, make lesser tax laws and different stuff like that. Yeah. But with something like healthcare, and something like education, they can directly influence that through policy, and and that could create that that the building brick that that's needed to to go ahead and advance, rather than um, taking on infrastructure projects that are a little bit ahead. When you know why why build why why take on a big infrastructure project when seventy uh, percent of your population is illiterate? It just seems like they the money is just going to places that won't really come back and benefit because after the road is done, like w- what what now? You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're still gonna have the same problems that, that you have prior. So those that to, to me, those are the mechanisms that I think are very, very integral in, in creating something that goes with the, the money going further.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. It's just like, yes, the aid comes in, but really having a clear sense of what are the policy priorities? What has to come first? then second, then third to really kind of build in a sustainable way. And so all those policy priorities and kind of going to your expertise and your experiences, you know, with sustainable development, there are many verticals to that. There's the poverty side. A lot of Africans live in rural economies. And so it's how can we best support agriculture, and things like that for food and different things like that. But, you know, your thing is really the health side of things. So one I want to just better understand what are the very key critical problems in healthcare in Africa, and what should be those policy priorities that, when aid comes in, aid is allocated to those priorities to best tackle those problems.
1: Yeah. So, um, pretty and and the thing with healthcare, it's very, it's a very complex problem totally. that doesn't have just a one singular answer, but I think the biggest problem now that is facing um, a lot of uh, the population in Sub-Saharan African countries is just access and the quality of care provided. Um, I know there's a lot of countries that have private hospitals, but even the private hospitals in certain countries don't have adequate systems and machines to To treat their population, so it's, there's yeah. just this, there's just this big gap between the the access and the quality of care that you receive, and that's that's the biggest problem because, um, with the whole health with the whole healthcare and education, those two terms are kind of synonymous. Yeah, you know, you'll never find a population with good education that has bad healthcare, and vice versa. So, um, policy wise, to influence this, I think that there's multiple ways to approach it. Um, there's a big, big space for social entrepreneurs to hit this space. Mm-hmm. And um, currently I know for a fact in Nigeria, there's um, two, two companies that I, I really am a big fan of. And one of them is um, We Are 54 Gene and they're basically um, sequencing the human genome of Africans to create better precision medicine. Mm-hmm. And then Helium Health is Another one that uh, they're digitizing medical health records. So if you go to a hospital or a clinic in Abuja and you see a specialist, but you go back home to Lagos and you go to a hospital within their system, all of your documents and everything that you could do is pulled up. And that's something that's like huge that um, makes makes things makes the health makes healthcare just much more. Um, efficient, and it just improves the quality of it. And it's little simple things like that. And I think governments can help pass laws to influence such social entrepreneurs to have a space to create such systems yep. on top of having government funded hospitals that are equipped to the level of the best hospital in um, a different country. So if you have population that necessarily can't afford healthcare you still have uh, a mechanism in place for the, those people to get care. And then obviously um, your more wealthier elite people can go to these private hospitals with different um, systems set up there.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting and kind of taking a more granular look at you know the whole healthcare system and kind of thinking about a lot of the stories my parents have told me about doctors not being serious and not knowing what they're doing. You know what does that not knowing what they're doing look like like is that a gap in education is it just
1: exactly
0: so like what education needs to be provided like what yeah there?
1: yeah and that's and that's the second part to it too mm-hmm. is um you know you could have you could build like the systems and you could get a big hospital get all the fancy mri machines but if there's no no one that has the knowledge of how to take on such things you're going to run into the same problem so the other side of the coin there is creating um, medical colleges, medical universities, up to the level of um, global standards. And Partners in Health uh, is, is a, a, a NGO that was founded uh, way back in the 90s, but basically they, they, they just go build medical systems in developing um, regions. And I remember after the earthquake happened in Haiti, um, it would they said that there was more people that not having the lack of not having a level one trauma center yeah. that killed more people than the actual earthquake did yeah and um, this organization partners of health they went in and um, they they I think last year or 20 2019 or, or um, 2018 they got a fully um, accredited global global um, globally a level one trauma center wow. and a teaching hospital as well at that. And they graduated their first class of residents, their first class of attendings. And then they have a medical school where they teach the, teach the new doctors coming in and it's all to the same standards and, and care that you'd get here at the best of the best in the U S yep. and that I think, I think that, that, and it, it, they, they showed that it's possible. I think the earthquake happened in 2010. Yeah. So um, yeah. here, here we are uh, 10, 10 so uh, 10 some odd years later and, and they are able to achieve such a thing. So it is possible. And, and there have been places where it's been done but it's more so on to who's gonna take the initiative and who's gonna, who's gonna be, be serious about doing it because um, I think all the problems that we face in terms of healthcare are, are, are all achievable. It doesn't mean it'll be perfect but um, it, it could definitely lead to a more perfect system.
0: For sure, and yeah, I just want to repeat the fact that taking initiative is so important. Just because we all can sit here and talk about these problems, but if nobody takes initiatives, they'll remain problems, and all we'll be doing is just talking. Um, and I guess my last question for you, and this is a hardball question, so be prepared.
1: But okay,
0: there is a supply and a demand side to healthcare, and particularly in a lot of African countries there's this huge religious aspect to it. So let me explain what I'm talking about, right? So from my experience in Nigeria, you know, the South is very Christian, North is very Muslim, right? And so a lot of people, and there's also with those broader religions, there's also like a lot of beliefs around how to heal people, how healing happens, um, just kind of not trusting some doctors and some of the medical practices on how will they actually get to better health? And so I'm wondering, do you, one, see this as a problem, right, where people are relying on practices that aren't necessarily going to make them healthier and not using the resources that are there, even if they're not good or at the level they should be? Um, Do you think there's a problem with, like, the demand for actual healthcare as opposed to solutions brought on by, like, cultural, religious solutions Um, is a problem? And is there even a solution to that?
1: Yeah. And that's, yeah, then that's, that's a very good question because there is a huge, um, not, it's not a disconnect, but there's just another, there's just another layer to it uh with like a lot of African countries yeah. and um I know like we we were all raised like with uh natural remedies before the medicine yeah. <laughs> and everyone like you know you you get sick go get some ginger tea first and then let's yeah. see how you're doing <laughs> and uh and that's definitely something that I think anyone who approaches this problem is just gonna have to understand and um and you have to respect the culture totally. because you can't come in and you can't come in and just have this complex or like, oh, like I'm just here to change everything. This is how we're gonna do it. It's like that's a very colonial approach to, oh. to, to solving the issue. And that's not that I don't think that, that um that that is even applicable to Africans because you you're just gonna get booted. But um I think that you you have to you have to respect you have to respect the culture and understand that it is different and whatever whatever space you can you can exist in. With respecting people and just having it almost as like this is an option, yeah. That's the best thing to do because, for, for a lot of Africans, we're 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 like we have to see it like proof of concept totally, type of people. Totally, totally. So if you just if you if you know if, if something is, is just created and, you know, oh my neighbor went to this this clinic yesterday and he he got treated well and they treated him well and you know it wasn't any crazy uh, experience that word of mouth will transfer and all of all of the stigmatism all or the stigmas um, associating with it kind of get um rooted in a sense but you just have to go in and and do the work you can't and you just have to respect you just have to respect that because that is something that um if approached in in a manner of like Hey, that's wrong. Or you try to challenge someone's God or someone's belief, like you're you're, you're toast. You're going, you're going nowhere. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's such a powerful point. Like, just go in and deliver a quality service, and the word of mouth will happen. And when people are sick, they will go to.
1: They will come. They will come. And that's that's the biggest thing. And that's the thing with healthcare that, um, is is more unique than any other type of like business. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, I, 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 you pretty much have like one option really. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. and it, it's, it's very clear. You know, it's not like you know, do I want to go to, do I want to go to Shoprite today or do I want to go to the local market? Yeah. <laughs> it's not one of those things where you're, you know, you're trying to kind of decide there. It's like I have a broken bone. There's a, there's a place that they could look at it down, down, down the road. What, what am I going to do? You know, it's so it's, it's not a. You, you, never, you, you, don't, you don't really have to force anybody's hand or do a big marketing campaign to convince people. Yeah. Um, I think you just have to have a good product, deliver a quality service, and the rest, the rest oh, is going to handle itself.
0: That's powerful. I like that. I like that. And, and so that was all great. And to kind of close this out, how can we go in and do the work, right? You've done some of that work already and you're continuing to do that work. So how, for our peers, is the best way to find a problem, strategize on that problem and go execute from your experience and your readings and your thinking? Yeah,
1: I think um, that's a good question. And I think that your life experiences and your passions clearly tell you what it is, that that is. Um, For me, experiencing um, different schooling systems and seeing the disparities Going from Africa to um, a rural community in the states, and then moving from that rural community um, to the suburbs, and just seeing just the stark differences, and and how much people who bene- how much people benefited from having just that one level,
0: yeah,
1: and how much I knew that I enjoyed learning, how much I knew I enjoyed going to school, um, it was very, it was very like a big no-brainer for me to just uh, apply that and see where I could fit in back home. And I think for anyone um, who's thinking about, you know, I want to do a project back home or I want to maybe start something that can can be of impact is you just have to do it. You know, you can't there's 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 so many opportunities to go um, help people or to go have um, deliver something that's of value to To build to build your country, build your continent, yeah. and um, whatever the idea is, you just have to you just have to make sure that it's something you're passionate about because it's not easy. You're gonna run into a lot of um, problems with whether it be um, government regulations, skepticism, people not truly understanding what it is you're trying to do. Totally. So um, totally. the biggest thing I would say is you just have have passion for whatever that thing is because um, if not, you know, this is just gonna be something you said you wanted to do and 20 years later, you know, nothing ever happened from it. And um, yeah. on top of the passion, you just have to have uh, just a clear vision of what it is you wanna do and approach it in a manner of you, I don't, I don't see myself, I just see myself as, as a vessel. And I'm just, I'm, I just see myself as someone who's going in to try and do what I can. And it's not about me and it's not about anything that I'm doing in particular. It's, it's about what I can bring to the table to build this greater, this greater picture. And, um, I think that approach is, is, is crucial because if you get caught up in accolades that you can get or notoriety that you want, everything is, it's just not, it's not pure. And it's not, it's, 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 I feel like it just gets, it gets muddied up and you're not really, you don't even know what you want to do because it's like, oh, should I do this because I'm trying to get put in this article or should I do this because you know uh the it's it's needed and that's the best possible thing to do you you get what I'm saying and and also that also helps you get past those those roadblocks where you have things that don't go your way necessarily and you have to keep pushing because I mean if if your only motivation is you know for the fame or whatever and you don't have much much passion about it first first inconvenience you have and you will have it. it it will come you know you're, you're gonna you're gonna bail so that that's that's my that's my only advice and that's the one thing that's kept me grounded and it's kept me um going this 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 far along um despite all the technical difficulties with we, we should call them
0: yeah now those difficulties are gonna come and you know, just thinking about that point about it can't be a selfish effort. It can't be for the accolades and things like that. Just for the basic reason of if you want to create a good solution for other people, you have to be focused on other people. Right? Like be, if, if you're focused on yourself, you just can never fully understand yeah. and adapt and continue to understand and iterate and things like that. So that's just such a powerful point. So, so thank you for that. And thank you Always, for yeah. the podcast. This, has been, I think the best episode so far, just from me learning um, from everything you've just said. And we're excited to, I think both of us are excited about the continent. And again, the more people we can have excited about the continent,
1: mm-hmm. the greater
0: solutions we can have, right? Cause we can start yeah. working and putting
1: our resources yeah.
0: together and stuff.
1: And we've, we've actually talked about this a lot too. And um, for anyone listening that, uh, is 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 looking at a is it worth it um it's i think i think you should get in now cuz now is the earliest you can get in cuz yeah. if you look at the numbers and you look at the trends um the best opportunities coming up are going to be on the african continent yeah. with the youngest working class population youngest median age it, it, it's the opportunities are endless so um for anyone who's on the fence about it or doesn't think it's worth it or or whatever um this is this is really the best time to get involved because the more people that come in now and have these micro efforts across we're we're we're, we're on we're, we'll, we'll be on pace to set up um something really special in the future to where um you know some 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 kids could get on a train and 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 go to Mombasa for the weekend
0: and exactly, and,
1: and go back home to whatever country they have and just build just build a build a a continent and just a place of just prosperity and just, just goodness. So um, I'm very excited about it and I believe in it a lot. So um, any way I can help, uh, I, I'm pretty easy to find or if you reach out to um, uh, Compass Vision on, on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, um, I'll I'll, I'll shoot back to you and I'll help any way I can.
0: Love it. Love it. All right, man. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast today and, I'm excited for what we can both do in the near future.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, man. Be easy.
1: Yes, sir. You too.
0: Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Africa unveiled the podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the next episode or know somebody that would like to be a guest on the next episode, please email N W A N A C H O nwana at gmail.com. Really looking forward to having you guys on the next episode.